is anyone out there <laughs> a podcast and no answers episode three on ego part one um this episode has two parts to it because i'm clearly working through some things <laughs> and uh my guests had a lot of really interesting things to say and this is a topic that is just hard to wrap your head around no pun intended uh so yeah so i decided to just create two episodes because i had so many sound bites to share the conversation around ego is really fascinating especially when we think about it politically right now and the decisions that we all as a country have to make in order to move forward because ego can be very powerful and scary when that is what we are leading with. I'll leave it at at that. It's definitely important in my life to reflect on when I am making decisions in order to preserve some identity I've created for myself and whether or not that that is productive. So yeah, you can subscribe. I haven't mentioned that. You can subscribe to my podcast if you would like to. And thanks for uh, the feedback so far. And I think part of this podcast for me and why I've had so much fun doing it is because I have no ego around this medium. Um, So that's been a nice relief. Oh, on this uh, episode, you will hear from Gian, you will hear from Ryan, Vanessa, and Zoe. I guess it's important to distinguish what you mean by ego. Yes. Because ego is not necessarily a negative thing. Right. I looked up ego the other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just Googled ego. <laughs> The definition is just a sense of self. It's just the I. Yes. It's the what am I apart from you, apart from this chair, apart from this world. Like, well, within the world, at least in my opinion, you know, I don't think I'm apart from the world, but where do I fit in as a contained self? Most of the people I feel have a big ego in, in the sense of, they feel like they're better than other people are usually just scared of the way other people see them. And so they're scared of failing because then people will see them as a failure. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's like, yeah, like I am, am paralyzed by fear a lot of the times or just will walk away from something and it's, you know, just immediately start questioning how was how was that social interaction right. you know and that's just me being like was I understood you know mm. is my selfhood understood I had a therapist once who used to say what does your wise woman say <laughs> <laughs> meaning like we I have this wise woman inside of me that that really knows deep down what's the thing that I should be doing or need to be doing I, I always think about it and sometimes I'm just like I don't know what 
my wise woman is saying because sometimes I don't believe that that's true. You know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I really want to explain myself better. <laughs> Maybe I should just take the first step and reach out to so and so, and then I'm then I have this uh, another voice that's like, no. You shouldn't. You should just let it go. And I will go back and forth. And I'm like, I don't know. One thing requires more putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And one is a safer decision to make. And where does your ego factor into all of this? That's a very good question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. Well, what do you think? I think you I think your wise woman has probably done the work so that her ego doesn't trip her up. Right. I think a lot of the times we know what the right answer is. And then our ego is like, no, you can't go out like that. Or, you know, what would people think? And it's like old people in general, like old people to me are so fascinated because they do not care. They really do not care. They are like, I put in my years. This is what I'm doing. Take it or leave it. And that sense of just being comfortable with yourself, I think, comes with a lot of peace and reduced ego because you figured out what matters and what really doesn't yeah so you're saying my ego is uh being like no no <laughs> don't put yourself <laughs> out like out there like that <laughs> well you're gonna yeah, get hurt I mean, without knowing the exact situation <laughs> if it's your pride that is probably your ego it, as simple as I just legitimately remember having this thought of like, are you sending this person a message saying I miss you because do you really miss them? Or are you just looking to hear this message back? And it was to hear it back. It yeah. wasn't like, cause I really miss this person. And I, I kind of looked at that and I was like, okay, that kind of says a lot because how much in my search for, I guess, let's say companionship, is it about what I'm getting in return? And right. the things that I'm looking for in return, those are holes within myself that I haven't dealt with. So, like, let me go ahead and deal with those before I deal with anyone again. Yeah. You know? Why do we do that? <laughs> I mean, I know um, why, but what are the... It's easier, right? If we can get that from... We learn how to sort of get those responses that we need from others. I when wouldn't we re- say that it's easier, but I would say that it's more immediate. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it's easier because you, you have to constantly be in search of it. And this other person has to constantly be kind of just verifying the way in which they feel about you. And that fucking gets tiring. And then you're, you're constantly looking for this validation, which within you never really goes as deep as you would like it to, which brings about like the consistent rate at which the validation needs to happen Mm -hmm. in order to try to fill that void correct correct because it's like doing the work yourself it takes a lot longer right do you think that those voids that we're like looking to fill from others is fueled by our egos in a sense yeah i was talking to a friend of mine And he said something to me that I thought was, I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me. Mm -hmm. But he said that the thing about our ego is our ego makes us believe that we know everything. So when you're in a space where you believe as though you know everything, you don't leave any room for learning. So I think that 
I would say, yes, it's fueled by ego in the sense that we start to feel like we don't have anything new to learn about ourselves. Right. So therefore, but even though we've convinced ourselves of that, that voice is still there. So we're still seeking the comfort and we just do it outwardly instead of inwardly. Our ego is turning a blind eye. Correct. To the things that we need to work on for ourselves. Yes. I think it's important for me to clarify that this has been a journey. And when I moved out to LA, I was a very different person. Uh, I hadn't even found fitness yet. And I felt awkward and uncomfortable in my body. I didn't feel powerful. I just felt large. And so sort of, I think the journey has been important, um, although I hate that word. But also going into a PhD program, I started CrossFit. So really exercising and, and moving my body and figuring out its capacity, its capabilities for the first time. At the same time that I started a PhD program that was, I won't say way over my head, but it, the learning curve was very steep. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't ever read critical theory before. And I went from a very canonical, traditional literature undergraduate program in Spanish and Italian and art history to total like in the clouds critical theory and I felt so dumb at school and I felt so weak and pathetic in the gym and with, it was all in the same month it was August 2014 that I started both things and I would just cry I would be like I'm I'm the dumbest person in my class I'm the weakest person in my class in the gym and I think but that fueled me and eventually there was this synergy that happened where it was like if I felt Good. If I felt, if I saw some improvement in the gym, I was like, well, I can take that energy that that gave me and I can bring it to school and I can try a little harder today or I can do a little better today. And eventually I felt like I went from being bottom of the barrel to like middle upper, you know, <laughs> like I was like, I'm good at these things. And I think that part of my experience with like thirst traps, for instance, is that as I felt more capable in my intellect, as I felt more confident in my intellect, I also felt more confident in my body. So to me, they went together in a very powerful way. It felt very powerful to me because I was just like, one cannot exist without the other for me. And I don't think that's necessarily true for everyone, but I became a whole person and a person that I respected by getting better at both very much simultaneously and harnessing my intellect and harnessing my physicality. I feel like one could not have happened without the other. And so I have always sort of at, at school, I taught undergraduate classes and I would always wear really short dresses as like an act of resistance. I was like, I'm your professor. I'm teaching you how to write. I know more than you and I'm dressed sluttier than you. What are you going to do? Are you going to disrespect me? That's fine. Are you going to think I'm too young and I'm wearing too short of a dress? That's fine. You know, like it was, it's an act of resistance to me. I think also to post my ass on Instagram because it's, um, and I don't say any of this. So you can kind of take it or leave it or take it how you, however you want to take right. it. But for me, it's a, it makes me feel like I can be many things at once. I can contain multitudes and people can question it or not. They can just be like, oh, that's a nice ass and like it and never think twice. And I'm also fine with that. I think that the important distinction is the simultaneity with which I came into my own, mm -hmm. both in my body and in my mind. And I think they go together. I think it's, more thinking about that identity than it is thinking about yourself, right? Because I would actually encourage everybody to do that self-work and that self-reflection and determine, you know, who, I, who am I? And, you know, what progress am I doing? Do, do all that mental work. I think where ego gets really fascinating and potentially problematic is where 
that sense of identity and preserving that sense of identity becomes paramount, right? At all costs. I was in this place where like, you know, it did something for me to say, you know, I was at this particular agency and, you know, this is my agent and these are the people that people can talk to when they want to negotiate anything for me. And I was like, but are those people really adding as much value to my career as I'm adding to their pockets? Like, right. Your ego is being fed by the fact that they, their name did something. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, and that goes to say that ego, it costs you a lot. Because every time I had to cut a check from the job that I was doing, that they did not help me get, it was like, Ryan, how, how many times are you going to have to learn this lesson? You're, you're giving out free money at this point. It's better off, you'd be better off not having an agency and taking that check and giving it to some family to pay their bills for three months. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely ego. And I think that there's so much of that going on within the industry. And I think that that is sometimes why people, why we don't see the same type of forward movement that we say that we want. Yeah. Because of ego. I can't remember what book it was that I read, but it was about this guy who's in the military and, you know, that was his entire life. And so his identity was around being um, a part of the military. I can't remember if it was a soldier or um, a, an, an army ranger or marine or, or what it was. But um, he was discharged because of that sense of identity was taken away from him. I think it was dishonorably discharged. He had no sense of who he was whatsoever because he had spent so many years defining himself, not only towards himself, but also to the world as I am this person, I am this uniform, I have these capabilities, I am this committed to this organization and to my country and my patriotism, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And so when that's pulled away from you, it's like, well, then who am I? And, and similarly, like, if your intelligence or your athleticism or your musicality or whatever your talent or skill is, is how you have defined yourself or worse yet, how the world has defined you. You've kind of put yourself in a box or the world has put you in a box and then you have to defend that at all costs. Otherwise, who are you? And I think for me, the, the reckoning comes when I feel like I'm not amazing at anything. I'm good at multiple things. So in my program, I'm kind of like, the girl that's not around much because I always have well in their mind I always have CrossFit which I don't even do CrossFit anymore but I right. used to so they'd always be like oh can you not make it because you have CrossFit it's like yeah that's that is the case so I think I was never the most respected person in my program because I'm not like this amazing academic who pours my whole heart and soul and being and mind and body into academia just like in the gym people are kind of like what do you do again? What, what, why are you, where are you off to? Right. Do you have school? They're like, oh, are you in college? I did feel like I was living two very distinct lives that didn't mix for a while. And I think the best part of the last couple of years as I've gotten older is to understand that they do mix for me and that's okay. And no one has to understand it, but if they want to, I'm also happy to share, to share. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've had a similar journey with that. Where like I do 
a lot of different things. And when people would ask, like, what do you do? I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. like literally like a check to check to check. <laughs> and then I would just say one thing. Like yeah. it would be the first thing that came to my mind I would yes. say that I do. And, and it's then, tough because of ego. You want people to see yourself as this like impressive and multifaceted being, not as one of those things alone. I remember once I was in a, a lift with my mom. She came to visit and we took a lift to like dinner. And the lift driver was like, oh, what do you do? And I just said, I said, oh, I work at a gym right over here on 3rd and La Brea. And then we got out of the car. My mom was like, that was an interesting answer. And I was like, oh, what, I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you just said you work at a gym, but that's not even like why you moved out here. That's not even the primary thing that you do. I was only working part time. It was like before I even coached, I was just working at the desk. She was like, so why did you say that? I was like, well, A, I don't care what that guy things that I also didn't really want to talk much. Like I just wasn't in the mood to like give my life story. Yeah. But also I could tell it bruised my ego on her back. Like in her mind, she was like, why are you just saying you work at a gym? Why aren't you saying you're this amazing PhD student? Right. You know? I know, I know. But then did that affect your, do you feel like that hurt your ego? No, no. Because you're not that concerned with my mother knows I'm both. And so my mother wasn't questioning me. She was questioning why I didn't choose to represent myself more fully to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is just like, it doesn't concern me what that stranger thinks. I do want my mom to be proud of me. Yeah. And I, I know she is. So I was confused why she even questioned my Can't. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I know she's proud of me. I know she knows that I'm more than one thing. Correct. I think the ego at, at every turn is a, is a show. Mm. I don't think the ego is ever is ever rooted in truth. So I do think that there are some people that like do a really good job with ego and they walk into rooms and they act like they have more than they have and they act like, you know, they're more self-assured than they are. And I think that some people get away with it because they practiced that, that there's a craft in that. So they've practiced that craft for long enough and well enough for other people to believe it. And, you know, it also depends on which rooms they're walking into, you know? But I also believe that in the self-assuredness, it all goes back to what you're doing and the way in which you're thinking in your alone time and how much responsibility you're taking for where you are and where you want to be and the things that you're actively doing in order to uh make kind of build a bridge between those those things and there are some people that can see that and that place value in that in not in necessarily where you are but where you where they believe that you can be and the work in which they see you putting in and they too are like willing to put in the work or the efforts to help you get to that place but i think that it all goes into doing the work at home. When you are not boxed in by any sense of identity, all of these things are just things that make make up your existence. You're never threatened or challenged when any of those things are threatened or challenged. It's like, all right, cool. I guess, I guess I'm not the smartest person in the room. Maybe I'm not the fastest person on the track. Maybe I'm not the best singer. It's just like, you're okay with that. Which goes back to the old people who like, they do not care. <laughs> like, it's cool, guys. I saw 70 years, I saw 80 years, you know. Yeah. Quite, quite comfortable with who they are. 
Yes, I don't think you have a big ego. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> I think that I I do though. I do. It's <laughs> interesting. I would say I do because I, I what you said really spoke to me in the sense that I grew up acting my whole life. Right. And went to an arts high school and did community theater and went to theater school for college. And I've had the hardest time in my 20s facing, you know, that it doesn't necessarily come easy or that it's not going to just be your the world you're around. If that makes right. sense. I don't know. It made me think about that because it is just definitely how I sort of identified myself. And then I've had a whole thing of having a day job is such a trip where you're like, I don't know how to identify myself because what I do is usually how I identify myself, but what I'm doing right. is not what I am, you know? Right. But that's the answer though, right? Both ways. You are not what you do in your day job or as an actor. Right. That's right. Right. That. That is the that is the rub. That is the truth. But then the, the, the good question is, who the fuck am I? <laughs> For call call you back in a couple of years after <laughs> I spend this time in uh, in isolation trying to figure that one out. <laughs> 